Welcome back to What Keeps the Fires Burning, a podcast dedicated to the experiences, memories, and lessons learned at Camp Nabagamon. I'm one of your hosts, Nelson Mendels, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Ebhard. You want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Hello, Nelson. Hello, Adam. Do you know how many days there are until camp? No. Wait, when does it start? June 8th? June 21st. June yeah, 21st? Let me, let me look this up quickly. Yeah, me too. Until June 21st. There's 135 days until oh, camp, people. That does not seem that bad. Not at all. Yeah. I'm so excited. That That's manageable. I mean, if you think about it, we haven't been to camp in over a year and a half. Yeah. 100 days. 135 days. It's 135 nothing. 135 days. That's yeah, nothing. Yeah. We got that. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. It's keeping me going. The countdown. Yeah. Countdown. Um, we... um. Wanted to give a shout out to Nick Friedman. He has his own podcast. Camp Nabagman alumni, future counselor Nick Friedman, had his ninth grade summer in 2019, so last summer at camp. Boss, uh, so him, boss Logger, right? Boss Logger of Red former River. Boss Logger. Former Boss Logger. logger. Uh, and so him and two of his uh, friends hosted a sports podcast called The Engine. Uh, that goes in depth in football and basketball. So every week they have exciting lists, arguments, and go over everything you could want about sports, football, and basketball. Um, so you can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcasting platform, really, just mm-hmm. like us. So, you know, big shout-out to them. Love to shout-out the camp community with the podcasts and all the work that camp does. For sure. Yeah. We got an exciting episode, though, today. Mm-hmm. Returnee. Yeah. Pretty much a yeah, first returnee. I think he is, but yeah. Adam Kaplan, he was on our second first guest episode with a guest. Yeah. Yeah. Um for those of you who don't know yet, uh Kaplan has written a very extensive letter um about how camp's happening this summer and I mean the confirmation already, which is great. Um yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, go and read the Arrowhead if you haven't already. It has a lot to do there. And this episode, we first talked to him about just, you know, what camp is, what the process has been like for him. But we mm-hmm. also just, we have some questions for him that we want to get answered and just clarify, you know? Yep. And then yeah. that, yeah, it definitely helps. I, I would say probably read the email before. Definitely read, definitely read. Haven't. If you have not read the Arrowhead yet, definitely read that and then listen to this episode. Yeah, we just answer a lot of a lot of questions we've been having. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, this got me. Yeah, very yeah. excited. Got me very excited. And so you know, if you ever want to be on the show, DM us on Instagram. Um, For you sure. know, send in a message to the podcast on our website. Um, and yeah, uh, let's get into this episode. It's a great one. Okay, we're here. We're we're back for another episode. 
We got uh, a returning guest from our first episode, our first full-length episode, uh, the the camp co-director, Adam Kaplan. How you doing, guys? Yeah. Good, how are you? Uh, doing all right here in Idaho. We're, uh, we've got a nice sunny day here, and uh, we've been pretty busy in uh, the camp office just getting prepped for the summer. Yeah, you know, I saw the camp Instagram posting about it. I'm loving Fournier's hair. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Fournier's got some pretty impressive hair these days. Uh, I think it makes him feel young. Because you do know he's in his mid-40s at this point, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's practically, yeah. You're welcome, Fournier. I just wanted to make sure I got that out there for everybody's <laughs> ears. <laughs> um, well, we're glad to have you back. You know, big news with camp and everything. The mm-hmm. big official announcement, camp's happening this summer. I mean, me and Adam are extremely excited. We've been texting all of our friends from camp. Yeah. Uh, what was that like for you, writing that down, saying, you know, camp's happening? What was that like? Get ready. <laughs> yeah, writing that whole article for the Arrowhead and the note that went out to parents uh, was unbelievably exciting for me. We, we, we are just so geared up to be able to get back to camp and do what it is that we feel like we're meant to be doing. Last year was hard. Uh, and wrapping our heads around how we're going to do it this year and finally being able to feel like we can pull the trigger and say, yeah, for sure, we're going to be able to do that this year felt great. Um, And I knew it felt good to all the people that we were sending it out to to share the news with them. Uh, So it was a pretty happy day here. Yeah, um, I remember it came out. I was like in an online class or something. And then I look at my phone and I just had like 200 texts from our from our group chat and uh, that's uh, pretty funny did you get yeah. in trouble with your teacher for uh looking at no. your phone in class no, no. You're no. Right. yeah but yeah we're all super excited and uh we all just kind of had some had a few questions just wanted to clarify from that email yeah that's um, great if there's if there's questions that the uh that the article um generated let me see if i can answer some of them for you yeah for sure clear, to be clear before we jump into this you know, part of the reason that I'm not too specific in that article is that um, we know that this is an evolving situation and we are likely going to have to, you know, we have, a, we have a plan in place right now and then we have a backup plan and a backup plan of that. And we know that those plans are going to have to be adjusted. So giving too much kind of granular right now when it's going to be changed probably doesn't do a ton of good for anyone. Um, but let me, let me, See if I can clarify some things if you guys have questions. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I think first thing we got to ask is just what went into like, like what, what were the things you had to learn about planning a different summer like this? Um, you know, we know we, you were in contact with uh, local health officials, CDC, the American Camp Association. So what's that process like? Yeah, boy, it, 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 I have become an expert uh, or at least unbelievably well-versed in a whole range of topics that I never thought uh, I would be so enmeshed in before, but we, you know, like, like, like you said, we've been in touch and just reading, reading, reading everything that comes out about the virus and how to handle it in group situations. We've been talking to local health people um, and uh, part of the, you know, among the most valuable things we've done is been able to really look at the camps that did run last summer um, and see and learn from both the camps that succeeded and the camps that didn't succeed when they were trying to run a program last summer uh, and pull things out of those experiences so that we can apply that to what we're doing. 
Yeah, that that seems not very easy. <laughs> I'll tell you, we've had um, the the five of us, and that's the five full time office staff. That's me and Stephanie and Lewis and Briggs and Fournier. We have been kind of breaking up the different facets of what it's going to take to run camp. You know, breaking it up in terms of communication and healthcare and food delivery and camp program. Uh, and we have this huge list of topics that we know we need to address to be able to run camp this summer. And each of us is kind of taking a section. Then we all get together and have these incredibly long meetings um, where we hash out all the details and everybody brings their expertise uh, that they've picked up uh, in their research. And then we kind of hammer out the details all together. Yeah. Um... It's, I mean, I, if I, I mean, if I were you, I would have never thought being a camp director, you'd have to like handle something like this. I'm sure it's just yeah, something you know crazy. What? I'll tell you what, there's a lot of things um, when I became a camp director, even pre COVID, there's a lot of things that are a part of this job that uh, I never, I never had any idea were such a big part of this job. Like I am amazing at plunging toilets now because of this uh, job that I've had for the last 19 years. I'm really, really good at it. It was way more of that than I thought would be in the, in the job. Yeah, uh, this actually leads. I know we were going to go in, in another direction, but. Uh, you want to talk toilets more? For sure. <laughs> but uh, uh, on our on our Instagram story, we posted like a. Like we posted, I don't, I don't know exactly what it's called, but like we asked people what they wanted to hear from you from this episode. And that, that leads right into to Drew Smith, our cabin mate, uh, right into his question. What about what part of being camp co-director is least known? Say that one more time. What part of being camp co-director is least known? Well, I, I for sure would have, the answer I for sure would have given um, prior to 40 seconds ago would be the, the part about plunging toilets. Um, but I guess the part that maybe people don't always think about when it comes to this job is just the, all the different constituencies that we get to deal with. Like, you know, as, as directors, we, there's so, you know, it's, it's so much more um, than just the campers and the campers are for sure the most important thing. But, you know, we, we have the opportunity to connect with um, and create a, a real feeling of camp family with alumni and parents and staff um, and you know just all those different pieces uh, it's so much more varied than than you might think uh, and that's a really fun part about it for us as well we love that totally and you know I guess we'll go into all the questions then well then we'll get back to the um, updates right. on camp but um yeah next question is from Micah Stone camper current camper uh he wanted to ask when times are tough what keeps you going uh, that's a great question. Now, I don't, I'm not sure if he's asking about me personally or uh, asking for kind of some um, to you, you sage personally. wisdom about that, but I, it might work in both, in both situations. Uh, this is, there's no question this time that we're all living through is a challenging time. And I certainly have been open with folks saying that the monotony uh, of, of COVID is, is getting to me a little bit. It's just that every day is the same day. Uh, and that can be pretty challenging. So what I do in those, in those times is a, a couple things. On a camp level, 
I've got all kinds of photos um, that I can sift through and I've got years of videos. And so when I'm feeling kind of in a stuck in the in a rut kind of a mode, I'll crank up one of the videos from a few years ago and watch one of those. And boy, does that make me feel better. And then the other thing I do is I connect with people. And, and, and I know you guys on this podcast, um, this has been one of your mantras throughout your entire podcast is to tell people, stay connected, reach out to each other. Uh, and boy, does that help when, uh, when things are feeling challenging. Connect with camp friends or, or anyone else, really. Yeah, that's, that definitely helps. I, I do look through old camp pictures a lot when I'm, when I'm super bored. And it's, it's so fun. I do it just to remind myself of when I had a full head of hair and how much better that felt. Um, all right, so then we got a three-parter. <laughs> from Noah Stein and Andy Cohen, the duo who we've had on the show before. They got three questions. I don't think you're going to like this one. Yeah, I was going to say, I am very (laughs) uncomfortable with the direction we're about to head here. This is just, Uh, I'm quite nervous. So, um, when was the last time you were sent in for a robot reprogramming? (laughs) That's the three-part question? That's the first one. That's the first part. (laughs) All right, well, let's, let's, Let's do a little background on this whole robot thing and how that came about. Um, just, just maybe you guys, I don't know if you guys are aware of kind of how this, this, this slanderous, fallacious uh, thing got brought up about me. You guys know how every once in a while, everyone will do that. Hey, everybody, it's Adam Kaplan thing. Yeah. yeah. And then they make, you know, they do this thing with their arms where they move kind of robotically and say, eh, 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 eh. well, so, that was that was done for no reason, right? There was just this summer where everybody had like little catchphrases or whatever that, that surrounded them uh, and were attached to them. And at some point I was like, gosh, that seems like you guys are pretending like I'm a robot. I said, you know, I'm not a robot. And then all of a sudden, from that point on, the robot thing became a thing. So I did it to myself uh, in my response to the, hey, everybody, it's Adam Kaplan. But I just want to be clear, Andy and Noah, who both know me, uh, there is, I am not a robot and uh, there is no reprogramming necessary. Although certainly uh, my wife would tell you that some reprogramming would be a good idea at times. Okay, so uh, the second one is kind of more robot, but we're, oh, we're good. gonna, good. We're gonna skip, we're, we're gonna skip to the third one. All right. <laughs> this one's like, yeah, okay. Uh, how excited are you for this summer? And do you have enough space in your robot brain hard drive to manage su- such excitement? <laughs> uh, there, <laughs> that's funny, guys. That's funny, Andy and Noah. Uh, I am, I'm really excited uh, for the summer. I, like I said earlier, um, we spent, we've spent a whole year not doing what it is that we're built to do, if you want to use your robot analogy. Uh, we're, we're built to do camp and we haven't done it in far too long. And man, I'm excited to get everybody up there and do it again. Oh yeah. And I'm just uh, as excited. Yeah. And we were talking about reaching out. I, I would say, I'd say reach out to Noah Stein and Andy Cohen. Cause I, I don't well, know if they're, co- I don't yeah, know if they're coming back. From me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll most certainly be hearing from me. That's for sure. Okay. Well, Let's um. I think now is a good opportunity. Let's run into with this excitement of free camp. Let's run into yeah. just, you know, just talking about what you sent out. A lot. There's a lot of information to cover. 
So, and obviously there are some questions and you're not going to be able to answer all of them, but I think, um, you know, the biggest part about it was, you know, with COVID safety and everything, camp is going to be like a bubble, right? And yeah, that's right. We're doing yeah. a, we're, we're doing a full uh, NBA style bubble. So basically um, when everybody arrives at camp uh, on, on the, when you guys all arrive at camp on the 21st, that's it. Nobody in or out um, for the whole session. And the staff for, um, as well, they're going to be coming. And we actually extended our staff training to 14 days so that we could both uh, do a quarantine period with, those, with, with the staff, but also because this summer is going to be kind of unique, kind of unique. This summer is going to be really unique. We knew that we needed some extra time for, uh, for staff orientation. So that's why that'll be longer. And then we'll have a full bubble. And when I say nobody in or out, what that means is we're not doing parent visits. We're not going to have trails forward. We're not having any kind of visits. Um, and, and, and counselors, when they sign up for camp, we're telling them that your time off is going to be at camp. Um, and we're gonna, we are setting up all kinds of, of ways to make that work for the staff. They're going to have their own special area out on the range for their days off. But it is going to be an in-camp summer. We're all going to be on the grounds. Um, so speaking of nobody going in or out, um, what are we going to, like, how, how are trips going to work this summer? That's a great question, and I misspoke. I, I shouldn't say nobody's going in or out. Nobody's going in or out except for trips. Yeah. We feel, <laughs> we feel really comfortable and confident that we can run our trips. Because if you think about the way a trip works, Basically, you get in a van, you drive up to your put-in point in the Boundary Waters or your, or your put-in point for your hiking trip. You get out of the van with that same group and you just start hiking or you start paddling. So there's really been no exposure. So I feel, we feel like that maintains our bubble. Um, and, and, our, and our trip drivers, they're going to be within the camp bubble as well. So they're going to drive the trip out, come back to camp, not, uh, not interact with the outside world. So we feel like we keep the bubble intact, even in the Boundary Waters. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, especially like me and Adam's age, you know, big trip, great below us. Big trip's such an integral part of that summer. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and so really we should actually hear. probably. I, I do. I do think it would do some good to clarify big. Trips. I was going into that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You want to ask? I was going to. I was going to go into. Instead but no, of me go anticipating ahead. it, you can ask it. No. no um, so. I mean, this is both with how big trip's going to work because there's eighth, ninth, and 10th grade, but also just how villages are going to look. Uh, is it going to be three grade LJs, two Great grade action? Right. So that's two. Those are two probably pretty big issues on the mind. So make sure in case I get rolling too much and forget to answer For the sure. second yeah. one. Um, right. So first, let's talk big trips. Um, our approach to tripping is going to be basically that everything, because we have 10th graders now, everything is going to shift one year. So that means our 10th graders, they're gonna be the guys going on the Quetico big trip. Our ninth graders, they're gonna be the ones going on the hiking big trip. Now you heard me say hiking big trip because there is potentially um, an issue with Isle Royale because you guys remember that several hour boat ride that you have to take. Um, and that's something that we're trying to figure out whether we could really pull that off because as you guys probably remember from your aisle trip, there's a lot of people on that boat. Um, so if we don't pull off aisle royal trips 
for the guys. We are also in the process of, Fournier is, actually we all have been kind of investigating um, some incredible other hiking opportunities that might take us to some places that you never even dreamed that we would go at camp. So anyways, those ninth graders, they'll take their 14 day hiking trip. Um, and then that means eighth graders would be um, eligible for all the things that typically seventh graders were, so that's picture drops for them. Um, so we just didn't want anyone to miss anything was, has been our approach to this. We wanna, we wanna just make sure that nobody gets cheated out of any tripping opportunity, out of any Paul Bunyan Day opportunity, out of any opportunity at all because we had to postpone. And that's why we call it postponing instead of canceling last year because all we did was just shift everybody. Um, villages, you asked about villages. So the plan with villages is that our lumberjack village is gonna be our ninth and 10th graders. The Axman village will be the seventh and eighth graders. Logger village, fifth and sixth graders. Wamper village, second, third and fourth graders. Axman village is gonna be packed then this year. Yeah, you know what? We've had a, the, because we've only been running for the most part seventh graders in the Axman village, that's something that I, that I, it's always kind of bugged me a little bit because that village winds up feeling a little thin. Um, so the Axman Village having some real life and lots of people in it, I think that's going to, that'll only add to the, to the, to how cool it's going to look. Like. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of cabins. There's yeah, a lot of cabins. Yeah, and it's, and, and I don't, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's always been my favorite village just in terms of its setup and its structure. Um, there's no village in camp that feels more like an actual village than that one with kind of the ring of cabins around it and that central hub in the middle. Um, I think it's a really special place. Of course, I'm a little biased because I was the Axman Village Director for uh, five summers, so. Yeah, I gotta say like me and Adam's Axman here capture the oh. flag on a Wednesday night in the village oh yeah trench capture the flag is really fun and uh, yeah. yeah no that's a great place it's a great yeah place. that i mean that's really when our village started like really getting really coming together broke yep. down the cabin walls yep no that was a good that, those were certainly good years uh, that was a good year for you guys i know that um you mentioned things like you know you didn't want to take away things like paul bunyan day and stuff give us a rundown special days like that are they going to work yeah. any differently how are they going to look they're probably going to work a little bit differently. I mean, so, so let me back up and say, for sure, all the special days that we have at camp, we're still going to have them. And each one of those special days, this is one of our tasks that we full-timers are sitting down and hammering out. You take each one of those special days and you say, all right, what kinds of alterations do we have to make so that we can still make sure that we're having this day and that it feels like the way it's supposed to feel? So yeah, we're gonna have Paul Bunyan Day. There might be a few things that are tweaked within Paul Bunyan Day, but we're doing it in a way so that when you guys have this Paul Bunyan Day this summer, you're gonna be like, yeah, that felt like Paul Bunyan Day. Uh, and that was awesome, like it always is. All right, that, that sounds good. Very reassuring. Um, hmm. what, what other questions were there? Like I mean, I think, you know, again, with like the COVID protocol, um, the whole there's gonna be we're starting off with pods right uh maybe just give us a rundown you know what's the plan with the current plan right now um right that you know with getting people there and then making sure everything's safe and then what's that process going to be like and how is it going to be changing as the summer goes on right so so before i dive into all this i just think it's important for me to say you know the things i'm talking about is if 
uh, are things as though camp is starting tomorrow, um, which it's not, kind of wish it was. Uh, but, but that's if camp were to be starting tomorrow. We know that things are gonna change in between now and then. And we're hoping that that change is gonna be in ways that allow us to be less restrictive. Mm -hmm. uh, but if, even if it winds up being more restrictive, we're gonna be ready to do it. But, totally. um, but at this point, the basic idea would be, and this is again, just the basic idea of it. We're gonna ask all the campers to uh, participate in a 14 day self quarantine we're uh, ahead of camp where they're limiting their exposure, hopefully to people just in their family. And then we'll also ask that five to seven days before camp begins that all the campers get uh, a test and have a negative test. Then everybody will travel up to camp and certainly that travel day is the day where we have kind of potentially exposed kids um, to other people outside of their own quarantine that they've been doing the last couple of weeks. So then when they get to camp, we'll probably be cohorted by cabin groups for the first approximately week. We think five days after you arrive at camp, we'll be able to give you guys a test after you have been um, cohorted with just your cabin group. And we'll be able to give you a test then, hopefully, you know, a day later or 15 minutes later, if we get, if we get the right kind of tests, we'll be able to say, yep, it looks like camp is clear of COVID. And that will allow us to significantly broaden those cohort groups. So I think part of the question that people are asking is what does that mean in terms of masks? Um, and basically our, the kind of general rule of thumb, and again, this all might just alter a little bit, is that when you're within your cohort group, and remember those cohort groups are gonna be growing uh, as we get more and more confident that we don't have a problem at camp. When you're within your cohort group, you don't need to mask. Masking will be for moments when you are mixing cohort groups. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so right. that's that's kind of the first part. Um, and 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 like I said, at, we have kind of different phases that we have created where at, at each point, at each new phase, we expand things and are able to loosen things a little bit. Yeah. Um, and w one more thing we wanted to ask about is, uh, like what cool changes, uh, that we kind of have to make, like what, what can we look forward to this year? That's going to be a lot different. Well, we think one of the neat things that we're going to do is that, um, I have uh, our caretakers right now, by the way, has anyone looked at the temperature up in Lake Nevagaman this week? Oof, yeah, it's a cold. Yeah. It's crazy cold. Anyways, the caretakers right now are building, I think, 35 different picnic tables. Um, and our plan is that whenever the weather allows it, we're going to be eating our meals on the Lower Diamond. We're basically going to try and um, make the Lower Diamond our rec hall for the summer whenever the weather is right. So we're going to build, you know, we're going to we're going to build all these picnic tables, set them up down there. So we've got a community, a good community feel down there and then uh, serve all your meals down there on the Lower Diamond. Exact same food you guys are used to, uh, just a different spot. And like I said, when the weather's right and we can do it out there, that'll, uh, that'll be really nice. We really think that'll be awesome. It sounds awesome, I'm excited. We're, and you know, we're gonna do announcements down there, we're gonna sing down there, we're gonna do everything yeah. that feels like the rec hall, but outdoors in this beautiful, in our, at our beautiful Lower Diamond. Yeah, and 
Let's when see. you were talking about like the whole COVID protocol and everything, one thing that came to mind for me was, you know, there's second second there's second session kids coming. Um, do you have do you have a the plan for like, do we go back to the smaller cohorts at the beginning of second session or how does that work? Yeah, so that's a tricky one and one that we're still wrestling with. Um, to give you a definitive answer on, currently yeah. right now my thinking is, or our thinking is that when the second session kids arrive, we're just starting the clock over again. Um, the other option would be to separate the eight-weekers and the four-weekers, but that seems like it would not be great in terms of kind of creating the community that we want to create. So um, we'll be starting the clock over again, so it'll be another five to seven-day period of, of cabin cohorting at that point. Yeah. I mean, we, we think that cabin cohorting time is going to be um, really positive and really fun. You know, the, the obviously, you know, as you all are thinking about your project choices or things like that, that's going to be the thing that's really affected by the cabin cohorting that, you know, for that first week, we will be having to assign projects. But after that, we'll go right into that awesome, uh, you get to pick your projects choice thing that we've always had at yeah, the, the cohorting with your cabin sounds, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Right. It'll be fun right. if, yeah, after you haven't seen the people in your cabin for one and a half years. Right, There's a, for, for, the, for the returners, it's, it's a piece of cake, right? And, uh, and you, know, you, guys, you guys, all you really want to do is be with each other anyways. Uh, so that's no big deal. And the truth is the nice thing, or the reason we're able to get rid of, get, get away with this whole cohorting thing in the cabins is that, you know, if it was going to be cohorting in cabins for two weeks, three weeks, I would be really worried about that, to be totally honest, with you, because that's a lot of time to be kind of together with the exact same people and not get much of a break from each other. Um, I've often written about how the first week or 10 days of camp is this great honeymoon period within cabin groups where everybody finds each other amusing. And even when somebody's a little bit quirky, people think that's fun or funny and totally accept that uh, it's when you stretch outside of two weeks uh, that that people get a little frustrated with each other but we'll have everybody uh, out of their out of their tiny cohort groups by then for sure yeah and because of these cohorts obviously like you don't know like you probably don't know yet but do you see the um general idea of maybe make like do you think cabin groups could be bigger initially just to have like bigger cohorts for people to be with or do you see cabin sizes being smaller so that's a reasonable question and one that we are um, continually looking at. At this point, Wisconsin and the CDC say groups should be not much bigger than 10. Um, so I'm a little bit hesitant to tell you, yeah, we're going to go ahead and make those initial cohort groups 20. If, situation, if the situation seems to improve and that seems like it makes sense or that the guidance and suggestions from the experts um, broadens that group, then we would consider that. Right now, though, we're thinking that cabin groups is probably as big as the current situation and the current facts dictate. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, with I mean, with all this planning, do you think that, so communication is obviously clear with this. Um, and so, do you think that um, like, do you see any difference in how you're going to be communicating with parents? I mean, you do your like daily, your every other day updates and stuff, but do you see how that would be different in any way? 
Yeah, I, I, I do think it's going to be different. Um, we're going to host um, a Zoom call for all of the parents uh, with our the guy who's going to be the camp doctor this summer. Um, he'll be there and we'll be there and hopefully get everybody's questions answered. And we're going to do that in the next, you know, we'll probably do that in April, uh, maybe in March. We're not exactly sure. And then we'll do another one right before camp begins. And then we're probably going to do another one of those Zoom type calls with families um, midway through the season so that they can get a chance to have a little bit more face to face. Obviously, that's not real face to face when we're on Zoom, but a little bit more face to face contact with uh, with us. Yeah, that, that'll uh, that'll definitely help. Um, uh, by the way, likewise, we're also going to be having those same Zoom uh, communications with people who are going to be on staff this summer. We're going to be talking to them ahead of time through this technology, and we are um, going to be doing it again with uh, age groups of campers. So we will be pulling you guys back in so that you can have your own Zoom meeting with us, ask any questions you want, or maybe just have some fun with us. Yeah, and speaking of um, staff and have you seen like, I, I, I assume, have you seen like a bigger number of like people interested in coming back this summer? Because of you know, it's a really, it, it's a really interesting situation we're in because on the one hand, I think there's probably no question if we're being honest, that this summer is going to be particularly challenging for our staff members that, you know, there's going to be, you know, it's, we're, we're all going to work really hard this summer. But what we're also seeing is that so many people are saying, you know, man, I need to be there. In the summer of 2021. Like it's really important to me to be at camp this summer in the summer that camp is coming back after being postponed for a year and in this summer that's going to be challenging. I want to be a part of what's going on at camp this summer because even though and because they, they recognize even though it's going to be challenging this summer, the, the normal rewards that, that they get from being a staff member are going to be multiplied in such unique and special summer like this. So we are seeing some really good interest. Um, we are, uh, we've got good, we've got good numbers of our um, uh, administrative staff coming back. We have great numbers in our junior counselors. Could use a few more senior counselors. So senior counselors out there listening, uh, get a hold of us. And, uh, and we're starting to look, look, look right in, in the, uh, in the trip staff too. So uh, specialists, we could use a few more. So You've got that. You got those special skills. Let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I was just thinking about is uh, like getting to camp. Uh, how is that? How is that going to work? <clears throat> so um, getting to camp is going to I mean, obviously, I, sa I said this before as we were talking about it. We recognize that the coming to camp thing is the time when you know, even if you've had your quarantine, even if you've had your negative test, that's the time when you're going to have greater exposure. Um, for a guy like you, Adam, who's coming from Chicago, your exposure will be, you know, you've been in that tiny pod in your house quarantining for 14 days, and then all of a sudden you're going to be on a bus. So on that Chicago bus that you're going to be on, well, a couple things I would say about that. First, we're going to space you guys out more than usual, so it's not going to be the kind of on top of each other zaniness that the Chicago bus ride oftentimes is. Uh, we're going to have people spaced out a little bit. Um, 
And then the other thing, and we just heard this from, we, we've been talking to our bus company that we're really happy about, really pleased to learn, is that the air circulation on the, on the specific buses that we use um, is more than twice the air circulation that is recommended. That is to say, the, the air is completely exchanged and, uh, and recirculated more than um, twice the frequency that's, that is recommended. So we feel really good about the air quality on those buses. So you guys will be in pretty good shape. Probably won't get your stop at fast food that you guys are used to on that ride up. I know that's frustrating. Your last shot of fast food will have to be at home. <laughs> Uh, but we'll make sure that we get you guys somehow a good lunch. We've been trying to figure out what we want. It be something that the kitchen makes, or maybe stop and grab some pizza somewhere. Uh, but it'll be something different. Uh, for the kids flying in, like you, Nelson. Um, again, we're we're going to make sure planes. And and it does seem that airplanes are not the problem right now. Um, that the air circulation on airplanes is also above the standard. The real question for you guys is when you're in your air, in the airport. So we're, we are currently working on ways to minimize your time in the airport so that when you arrive in Minneapolis, when you guys fly into Minneapolis, we're going to try to get you guys out of there as quickly as we possibly can, um, and either straight onto a bus or to a park somewhere in the area so that you guys can just be outside um, and connect with each other out there before you get on the bus and ride it. Yeah, and that kind of leads into two things I want to talk about. So um, first thing is, um, do you expect there, and do you like plan on having to like intake more people who might be driving up to camp just with their concerns on flying? Yeah, I suspect there, that there will be some families that, that decide that they want to drive rather than fly, fly to camp. Um, and that'll be totally fine. Um, our procedure for that will be, or at least the current plan for our procedure for that would be basically don't enter camp kind of a drop off that um, you pull up to camp, grab the bags, put them by the side of the car, hug goodbye to mom and dad, uh, and then the car drives away. Um, that'd be how it works. So, that, so they're not going to come in camp because mm -hmm. again, our goal is that bubble. We want to, we want a really secure bubble there so that we, you know, that, that allows us to, to have camp. Yeah. And then the second thing I want to ask is, you know, when you get off the plane, you, you're seeing everyone and then also getting off the bus. And normally, you know, you're hugging everyone and stuff. How is that? Is that how is that going to look different, really? Yeah, I mean, we we, we will we'll send something home to this effect, but we, we don't want you guys to do that as, as hard as that'll be. Uh, now, in your cabin group and your cohort group, that seems like it would be, make more sense because you guys will be unmasked in those situations. But, you know, there's a lot of counselors that you guys love and and, you know, you're going to be thrilled to see them and, and the instinct will be to go and give them a big hug. Uh, but we're going to hold off on that until we, um, until we get everything established. Thanks for asking that, actually. That's not something that I would have um, thought to bring up on here, but that's a really important thing to make sure that we communicate ahead of time. Yeah, that, uh, that is something that I did not really think about. <laughs> um, well, Nelson's a hugger. Always been a hugger. Oh, yeah. Big hugger. <laughs> Big hugger. Um, well, is there anything else you would want to say to the camp family yeah. while we're here? Is there any other updates or news or anything that you think they should know about? Well, we, um, as, I, as I said a couple times, we're just unbelievably excited that we're going to get a chance to do this. Uh, we so missed being at camp this summer and 
getting a chance to be back there um, just feels really good. And, and I guess the thing I would communicate to our camp families, um, be those parents of current campers, current campers, staff members, is that we appreciate that you all are gonna trust us with this. Um, I, you know, we, we, we know that you know, we've been working really hard to put this plan together and to, and to make this something that can work, but it still involves a, a fair amount of trust. And we feel really humbled um, and it makes us feel really warmed that the community is out there believing in us and, and trusting us. Um, and it's gonna be a group effort. I mean, we are asking you campers and our staff and our parents to kind of do things in a different way this year. And the only way a, a, a summer like this can work is if everybody does pitch in uh, and everybody is willing to do things a little bit differently than they've done it before and realize that they're all part of the solution of this. I mean, it just takes one of us to be irresponsible or to do the wrong thing. And it'd really be challenging for everyone else as a result of that. So, um, so my main messages to all of you out there, parents, staff, campers is thanks for trusting us. And number one, thanks for trusting us. And number two, uh, make sure you're willing to pitch in and do your part to make it work. To make it work. Mm -hmm. In the, in the words of uh, No Stein and Andy Cohen, everyone needs to bring it this year. And then it'll, it's going to be. Don't bring COVID, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, not that. Not is, that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm really excited for this summer, though. It's going to be. Yeah, it's, I imagine, be awesome. I imagine that, that for you guys, this is. Uh, it, it, it's, it's been uh, helpful in terms of uh, motivating you to get through the uh, challenges whether that's virtual school or just kind of the restrictions that are on your life. And I mean, like, as I was saying earlier, the, the monotony of this COVID life that we're all living in right now is, is, is tough, right? You know, you're, you see the exact same people, you see the exact same walls uh, all the time. And for me, it really helps to, to make me more positive and optimistic when I think about what I'm going to be doing uh, in just uh, five months from now. And, being able to be with everybody up at that place that makes us feel so safe and so free and so fulfilled. So uh, it, 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 it keeps me going. Yeah, it, that's, that, that, that is definitely true. It's, it's nice to have something to, uh, to look forward to at the end of the year. Um, and I'm just, I'm so excited to go back. I, I wish it was sooner, but I think, I think I can. I but think it is I can amazing it how fast time seems to go by when we're uh, in this in this time, isn't that? I mean, in some ways, it feels like everything's dragging on forever. But then, then I'll notice that like a week just passed, and I can't even remember. You know, the, the it, it, it it seems impossible that a week went so quickly. So, so I, I never encourage anyone to wish their life to pass more quickly. Uh, I think you're missing out on life when you do that. But having said that, um, I'm sure looking forward to summer getting here as fast as it can. I was talking to him. I always talk to my dad about this at the beginning of like quarantining and everything. I told him, oh, my God, every day is going to go by so slowly. It's going to be terrible just sitting here. But it's gone. It's already been like a year and a half since camp. Uh, it's complete. I'm completely shocked. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. OK, well, yeah. thank you for coming on. We really appreciate having you here. Um, is there any last words you want to say on the show? 
No, thanks for having me, guys. And um, your uh, I've said it before, your podcast is a lifeline for those of us uh, dangling out there, feeling isolated and away from camp. Um, it's a really nice thing for, uh, for us to be able to tune in every other week and get that shot in the arm um, of camp. A uh, shot in the arm, probably not the right thing for right now. But uh, to get that dose of camp that we all really need. So we, we, the whole camp community, is really appreciative of the work you guys are doing. Keep doing it. We Thank appreciate you. the work you're doing. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, thanks for coming on and keep the fires burning. Keep the fires burning.